0: I would like to take a look today at what the prophecy tells us to expect because uh, God had not let us in darkness about what's going to happen and what will come upon the whole world. And it's good to uh, to know what's coming so you can prepare for that. In Proverbs chapter 22, uh, Solomon has, tells us about... Uh, what a prudent man or a wise man does. Uh, Proverbs ch- uh, chapter 22, verse 3, it says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. When you know what the future holds, you have an advantage. You know what will happen and you can prepare for and we know what the future holds, and uh, we have lots of ideas how to prepare for. And uh, it's uh, one of these times in history that I think it's uh, the climax between uh, two worlds, a world of sin and the world of eternity with Christ. And the, the climax will be, you know, the end of time as the bible calls it in the bible many times it talks about the day of the lord the day when god sits and calls everyone to judgment and in a way it's the end of the kingdom of grace and mercy and god calls everyone to give an account of what they did in this this life it's a very tremendous Event that I think we should be very careful to understand what will be and what will happen. And uh, prophecy gives us lots of clues. And we are advised to study prophecy to understand what's coming. Uh, Our prophet tells us in one of the letters, talking about the prophecies of Daniel and Revelation, he talks about the need to understand those. And she just made a statement there. And she said that these matters are of infinite importance in these last days. So what we are going to try to look at, it's of infinite importance. What that means? To understanding right, it means you are prepared and you will be ready to face what will come. And not be deceived of what will happen. And basically, you will be ready to stand, hopefully, for the truth. It's going to be a, a time of trial. Actually, the Bible says, you know, Christ in the messages to the churches, the message to the sixth church, the church of Philadelphia, Christ said, I'll keep you from the hour of temptation that will come upon the whole world. So will be a, a temptation or a trial it will come upon the whole world, and he talks about the end of time. In a way, God will so direct the events that everyone will have to decide for or against God, and uh, everyone will this this kind of uh, decide their destiny: eternal life or uh, there will be a. Uh, Uh, destroy for eternity. The Bible tells us in the Bible reading that we had in Daniel describing that time that will be a time such as never was before. Daniel chapter uh, 12 it says uh, verse 1 and at that time shall Michael stand up the great prince which standeth for the children of of thy people And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to the same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. So will be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a, a, a nation even to the same time. And you think of the bad times in history, and uh, you think will be worse than that. I think uh, it's a very sobering thought. We also know that uh, about that time we can let our imagination go as wild as we want, the reality will be worse. I mean, uh, Christ, God is very honest with us. He doesn't let us in doubt. The good news is uh, I find here one of the statements preparing for the sermon. Uh, Ellen White talks about the, this end of time, the time of trouble. The last great conflict will be short, but terrible the good news is it's short but terrible good news and bad news. it's short but very terrible it's going to be a time when our faith will be tested and we have to pass it we we uh, we claim to love god with all our heart and or our mind and everything and uh, actually we are going to be put to the test And it's going to seem if you are faithful to God, you'll be, you know, uh, dead meat. So to say, that's the reality. And not only that, uh, you will have to rely on your faith and your knowledge of God. So how can we prepare and get ready for that time? The first thing is I think it's, we have to study prophecy and see in the stream of time how far are we. Do we have lots of time or we should get very serious? I know we Adventists, some charge us, with we look at the events in the history and we try to see how we play and say this is it, this will bring the final events. And some people have a problem with that. Because they said, you know, so many events happen in history, First war, second war, the Great Depression and so forth. But for the people that are wise, they see they had their place into the history, and they had their role into going and fulfilling where we are going. If you think a little bit about you know what's happening, you see every crisis, major crisis brought several serious changes and uh, when you track the historic record and use the old bible you see America started out very good but then it started going down and down until we got to this point when uh, I think we are very close to the end of time I'll give you some example. The Great Depression came in 1929 or so. And then uh, you might have heard about the, the New Deal when the government increased and saw the opportunity to take more control of our lives. And there was... I just ran across recently the president in that time, Roosevelt, he introduced a new Bill of Rights. And when you study those, you see there was all socialism. Uh, it's, uh, it's not, I mean, I'm not going to get into that today, but it shows us that prophecy is being fulfilled and America is getting its place into the major part that will act in the end time. In the way when the government will do away with your rights and is gonna force you uh, to worship a certain way, and uh, yeah, it already happened. Actually, we the Adventists were preaching about America forming an image of the beast when the government started giving money to the churches and charities and all that stuff and. Uh, we were talking about that we should not do that because, you know, we, you are to separate church from state. That's uh, what Christ clearly said. But uh, to understand those times and what those times will, will have, I'd like to see what Christ was talking about these events. And some of the warnings he, he gives us. In the Gospels, there are uh, ch- uh, whole chapters dedicated to uh, prophecies about what will happen in the end time. One chapter is in the, the chapter 24 in the book of Matthew. The other one, and we are going to look at those chapters, is uh, the chapter 21 in the book of uh, Luke. We look first at the Gospel of Matthew, where Christ is asked about uh, what will happen to the temple in Jerusalem and what will be the uh, uh, end of the world. You know, in chapter 24, Christ made a prophecy and said that uh, in uh, chapter 24, verse 2, uh, Jesus said unto them, See not all these things, very I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And when uh, Christ told that the disciples, the disciples were very curious to find out more about what will happen. And then, of course, they, ask, they come and ask him two questions. I mean, uh, they blend out many questions. Say, tell us what shall these things be, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of that coming and, uh, of the end of the world? So they ask him, when will this temple be destroyed? And they thought in their own that that will be the end of the world, but those are two different events. We know from history that the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD by the Roman armies. And uh, also we know from history and uh, also from the writing of Ellen White that uh, because people pay attention to Christ and what he said and what they know, all the Christians that were in Jerusalem, they understood what was happening. All of them heed the warning and not one of them died in the siege of Jerusalem because they listened to Christ's bidding and they got out and they went to Pella and then all over the world. And uh, they had a very under, clear understanding of prophecy and uh, they, uh, they did obey it and they were protected by the Lord. Here is what Christ said. He gives here certain things about that, what's happening and uh, all the troubles. But then uh, Christ talks about the beginning of sorrows. But then in verse 9 of chapter 24, I think he draws the conclusion, you know, after all this time of trouble, when the time of the end will come, Christ says, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And they shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure it unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Okay, we'll try to look at all these Bible verses and try to digest them and what it tells us. It says about uh, you'll be uh, delivered up to be afflicted. You uh, shall kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. It's something that we don't really like to hear, but uh, Christ is clear, and the prophetic description here is uh, unmistakable. Why will that think you be? I'll tell you one scenario. Scenarios. You'll stand up for the truth and you'll be unmovable to compromise with evil and that people don't like it. You will be a rebuke to people that love sin in this world. And because they refuse to give it up and join you, they will come against you instead of. It happened, you know, when Elijah rebuked the people, the king, they said, oh, you caused the trouble. And uh, instead of looking, maybe he was just a messenger, and he had the message of calling them back to God. The same thing will happen to us. And honestly, you know, when we had the crisis of the Sunday law here in America, when was the, they were almost to pass the Sunday law, but uh, uh, they were only passing the laws. The, con- the government did not pass. There were only some states that passed the law. I was reading some of the history of what happened in some of the states. And there was a uh, uh, report in one of the Adventist magazines saying about, you know, you obstinate, just keep the Sabbath. And even if you don't preach about but that's a rebuke for us that we keep Sunday. Because we know you don't work on Sabbath. And our conscience bothers us. that, <laughs> that And you claim that that's the day of the Lord. And uh, they were just bothered by that thing. And you will hear a story of uh, people being Adventist and not disturbing anybody, just being reported by their neighbor, neighbors and being in prison. And the judge, of course, because the laws of the state was that, they were in prison and uh, had some of them even suffer, uh, you know, a persecution. And... Uh, it seemed to be like the people that had bars and something else open during Sunday had no problem. They had problems just with the Seventh day Adventists. And that was just a small taste, I think, of what will happen in the world in the end time. He said then and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And here it talks about what we know from prophecy. Many from among us will get out. And they will be our worst persecutors and accusers. And uh, that's going to be a very hard to bear. Because, you know, it's your brother or sister that you saw in church. You had good times together. But somehow or another, he... Uh, He gave up the faith. He talks here also, And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. False prophets shall rise and deceive many. Many will come and say, Hey, uh, maybe what we don't understand about is not that way. Maybe, you know, we are. And it's already happening, even among us. I just read recently, because it's public, I will, you know, I will make it public. It's not necessarily a point out something. It's something. it's a public domain, a very great theologian in our midst. He was teaching at Andrews for a long time, and now he's at Loma Linda. He just had a presentation talking about that uh, our understanding of prophecy, and especially Sunday law, it's conditional, and it might not happen. And uh, in a way, if he's right, we have to review our, all our prophecy. Actually, I'll just give you his name: is John Pauline. And uh, it's sad to see those things, and you think about what was he teaching our students when he was there. And why are our pastors like that and seem to? I heard many pastors saying, oh, you know, we expect a Sunday law, but we might be uh, confused, you know. We might be deceived. We might have to look for something else. But the time we live in are very ripe, and it shows the Sunday law is very close. Just to give you an idea about why I think we are right in the end of time, all things are in place for a Sunday law to be passed. Uh, and I will tell you my own view about what, how will it will happen. They will talk about a crisis and about running out of time and that we have to do something to solve it. And, uh, you know, when you have a crisis, people get scared, and they go to the government do something to save us. We saw with this coronavirus, people got scared, and now it comes to life somehow that people that get as scared manipulate things and cover up things and did not want to see what really happens because you will see it's not really that scary as they try to make it. I mean some of the things and it's sad that those things they don't get published uh, in the you know. I mean, it's sad. We understand why those things are not published. For example, is the scientists were kind of knowing that. People that are not symptomatic, I mean, let's say you are sick, but you have no symptoms, you are not really transmitting your disease. Therefore, it's no use to wear a mask when you are healthy, because there is no danger, there is nothing proven or shown or any facts, but they cover that up. And so many other things that were cover-up about. And now what's kind of, for me, the end of the matter is now they will try to force everyone to be vaccinated and the government is pressured more and more to compel people. And I think that's, you know, that's the close to the end of freedom. And we know that that's one of the last nails in the coffin. But let's get back to how the Sunday law, I see, will come. For many years, the people in the world tried to scare the world about climate change and saying that, you know, we don't have that much time to do something to reverse the course. And they try to claim it, that the problem is to so all that is burning things and expelling carbon dioxide. I mean, there are some theories going there that the effect, the greenhouse effect causes this atmosphere to charge, and that caused the earth to, uh, the temperature to rise, and so forth. There's nothing pro- uh, uh, proven. It's just theory that had no basis in uh, any scientific. <coughs> it's uh, <coughs> also against common sense. But Let's say many people had believed that. The little children are indoctrinated and scared very bad about because they were saying, hey, in 30 years you will have no Earth and we don't have other planet. That's our own. It's our home. Our mother, they call it. So they have an emergency. And they said, they already said, you know, we might have this time given to do something about. Otherwise we'll be dead. And we know the Pope addressed the issue. He said that it's a spiritual matter. And also he said that uh, it's a moral obligation to take care of. And he even wrote a book where he gave the solution for that. And he said one of the solutions is to stop one day a week and rest. It's, it's all published. It's in the public. You can read it there and see it. And uh, the sad part is we have a government that kind of looks very highly at that. And they say that, uh, yeah, we have a, an emergency. And also they talk very highly about the Pope and say that his leadership in solving this problem. It's not, I mean, I'm not... Picking up politics there, but I'm just revealing the facts. Uh, The secret, I mean, we have appointed the secretary of environmental something, and he talked very clear about the Pope's solution and leadership. So things are in there, and uh, they are pushing very hard now to have meetings and get together, and uh, and also what's happening in the. On the mass uh, media, is more and more propagated this idea that one day to rest will be good and will solve our problems. And they get organized churches to promote those ideas. You just Google and look at Green Sabbaths. And that's the idea. It, they said, oh, we have to learn from uh, this lockdown f- because of the pandemic and see what we can do <laughs> to promote, to solve the problem of climate change. And uh, the idea is, is going to seem very r- good idea because, honestly, we cannot really cut all the carbon dioxide emissions. Many people say, yeah, you still have to burn a little bit. You still have to breathe. <laughs> you, see, you cannot really cut up breathing. <laughs> Uh, and I mean there are some people on that side that really believe it would be good to reduce a lot of us but I'm not going to get it that really are spooky conspiracies uh, but uh, they will look at yeah you know we can do and rest one day actually you, it's already there people talking even people have no religion except yeah it's, it's good to rest one day and uh Of course, that day will be Sunday. And the sad part is, I'm afraid, from what I see, now many people try to quiet us. Oh, this is not the end time, and that's not what we expect. And try to say, it's not, you know, when Sunday will come, we'll have a religious connotation and not kind of environmental. But my question is, how can you separate religion from Sunday rest? You cannot. Why people... Why don't choose? You, you know, let's rest Wednesday in the midweek. No, it's Sunday because it's already accepted because of the religious influence as a day of rest. So everybody will be on. But here the trouble will start because we are going to stand faithful and say, this is not right. God had a day of rest. Is it Sabbath? He gave it to man. And it's not the job of the government to enforce it. If you want to rest, you can rest. Look at the Adventists. They rest, they don't need any government involvement to protect their day of worship. Look at their example. They managed to give, have work and rest on Sunday, they don't need any government interference. But that's what the hatred will come because. You know, when you stand up for truth and say, hey, this is the truth, and that's the mark of the beast, as we will have to say, and this is what we talked about for so long, people will not like it. Most of them. There will some look at our argument and say, and join our rank and come with us. It happened. I don't know if it happened to you, but when you try to witness to people, it's very tough when you tell them, I believe I have the truth. I, I got a, a person very angry because I kind of told him, hey, you know, you have your opinion, you have mine. I'm looking at the prophecy, and based on prophecy, I have no doubt I, we have the truth. And, uh, oh, yeah, you blo- boast about it. Yeah, but if you are honest, you join your church because you believe you have the truth. And I say the only thing is for me looking at the prophecy and looking all of the explanation and the application of the prophecy, there is no doubt in my mind that we have the truth. By looking at other people explaining prophecies, they have no clue what they are talking about. It's, for me, it's very uh, in a way, it shows that we have a job to do to reach those people. When I like when they have sometime at the radio talk show, especially WCRF, they talk about prophecy. And people come and ask questions that kind of contradicts their narrative. But instead of, you know, of course, they will come and turn it around and that. And they try to explain it away, certain questions they have. So that's, I think, what we should be focused. We should try to reach people out and tell them. And also, I think uh, we should be making sure that what we do matches what we say. We really prepare for a hard time and we really are ready to to go with the Lord when he will come. Here is something that uh, I like to get. What will happen in the end time will be, will be pointed and ridiculed for our faith. And that's going to be not an easy task because, you know, we want to be accepted. We want to be kind of loved and embraced and not be misjudged. And, uh, you know, you'll have family members that you love. And it's going to be lots of pressure to stand for the truth and not compromise. You know, uh, when Christ and we will go to a kind of similar experience that that Christ went through. When Christ was on the cross, you know, he had... Three times being tempted in a way to question if he really is the son of God. Um, you know, if if you know the the when he was crucified, the people will come to him and say, if you are the son of God. Three times he was asked by a different person about. And the question that they were saying, look at the reality. What's happening? You say you are the son of God, and you are picking up and beaten up by those soldiers. You are treated up, and you are hanged on the cross. Is that a re- that's how the son of God will be treated? You know, Ellen White talks about Christ had to uh, not rely on his senses, because you will see, yeah, you, you know, God will take care of his own. But for me, for what I do understand is Christ, because of prophecy, he knew everything. And he knew, yes, I am the son of God because it's prophesied that this will happen to us. So even us, we will be in the same circumstances. We will be hatred, we'll be arrested, we'll be charged, we'll be thrown in prison. Is that the way God treats his own? Yeah. (laughs) You like it or not, that's what is prophesied about us, and we will be ridiculed. I know I was ridiculed because what I believe about health message, in, in my own family, it's you know because I stand for what I believe and the really healthy way of getting back to health, uh, you know, because I stand up very firm in what I believe. I, they think I'm you know I'm just one of those nuts, anti-pharma big guy. And uh, I kind of already experienced that. So uh, this is part of what we expect. My question to you is this one. Do you know the Lord that much so you will be going through all this time of trouble? I hope you do so. And also we have to look at the prophecies. We know in the end time God will take special care of his own. We are promised angels to come. They will guide us to places of safety. They will bring us if we need supplies. Not abundance, but just what we need to survive. Bread and water. We will not indulge. Actually, one of the things of Christ's warning about end time, he talks about some people because of intemperance. or I mean, let's read it in... in Luke there, Christ talks about some people that will fall on the side because in the end time, I mean, he points there three things in uh, the last verses of chapter 20, Luke 21. Here, uh, Christ talking about end times in verse 34, Luke 21, verse 34. And take heed to yourself, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that they came upon you unawares. And he talks about that that they will come as a snare on many and uh, warns us about praying always. One of the things he talks here is overcharged with surfeiting. You know what surfeiting is? Huh? Eating too much, (laughs) intemperance. So many people, because of that, they will not be ready, they will not understand we touch a little bit about, around Sabbath school, the importance of temperance. And we have the story of Daniel. Daniel, if you look at there, there are some stories there that have a special application to the end time. One of them is the importance on having your mind clear to understand times we're living in. And talking about temperance, I would just like to point this. Ellen White talks about, you know, when Advent movement, God gave us the temperance work also. And she said, this is one of the most important moral reforms. It goes hand in hand with overcoming these evil tendencies, this harsh spirit, The uh, you know, the food you take, it will influence your disposition and uh, It's very important what we eat. And uh, at least now when we are getting ready to the end of time, maybe we should try to switch more and be ready to have the diet that we know we'll have in heaven. Maybe start eating more what God created and we know we'll have fruits, vegetables will be. Especially when you see also that will be more and more of these virus and diseases. People trust and look at the pharmacia to solve our problem. But, you know, if we are honest, we can do more than prepare for that by what we obey the message we have. And I don't care about people what they say about vaccine. They, they say this is the savior of the situation. Is They cannot prove anything about the vaccine being efficient of helping your immune system. If you have no good immune system, you can't take hundreds of vaccines you still have a no-good immune system. If you have a good immune system, you don't need the vaccine. <laughs> the, the disease proved that. Why some people didn't have even a, a symptom? Yeah, their immune system took care of it. And, and oh, this is one of the, those shows, the fallacy. They say this disease was so dangerous, you had to check to know if you have it. <laughs> you have to check yourself to know if you have it. I know I had a story with a friend of mine. He was tested positive. He was scared. He didn't have any symptoms. He was tested again. He didn't really have came positive. But I think this, this and it's not going to go, now it seems to, we are returning back to normal, but it's not going to be going back to normal. When people, this was an exercise to see how much power they can take and people still get away with and don't raise up to protest. It was just an exercise that will be uh, pretty soon play on us when the government will step on and force us to rest one day. I think we have to get out and tell people what we know that is coming upon the world. Here there is a wonderful promise in Daniel. And uh, in Daniel chapter twelve, there it talks here about. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament; and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. I hope you will be one of those people that will help other people to see. The Bible also says here: the wise will understand, but the, the but uh, but the unwise will not understand. Let's be wise and get ready. I think Christ is getting ready to come. We are going to go through trial, but I hope we will be stand faithful to him. Amen.